And what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Bear Down Sports Association podcast, episode 167 today. Um, a week one recap and a week two preview. I'm going to apologize now because this week was absolutely miserable playing. Um, we only got five games done of the eight that were scheduled to play. The rain was definitely just too much to get those last couple games in. Um, some teams, I don't think any team was fully there. Actually, no, there were a couple teams that were fully there, but it was a very uh, soppy, muddy, not muddy, because we were playing on turf, but it would have been super muddy had we not been on turf. Uh, but the rain was going sideways. The energy, some games was high. Other games, definitely not up to the same energy level because there were some lopsided scores in this uh, on this day. But really the theme of the day was... Um, Defense touchdowns, lots of turnovers, and lots of really sloppy play. Tommy, how long were you there? Ten minutes, and I was soaking wet. I was exiting. I saw uh, Joe Liotta and uh, I saw Malozzi in the truck. They were laughing. <laughs> uh, they were high and dry. I went over to talk to them. I said, I love you guys, but I just I can't stay. No, I, listen, I, I was surprised there were any um, spectators that weren't playing in games or getting ready to play in games. I expected as soon as people were done playing, they would get up and they would leave. Um, there were a couple spectators, and I salute those spectators that stayed in that in that type of weather. Um, appreciate your loyalty. Anyone use your tent? Um, some people were in the tent. Uh, my mom was trying to do some uh, some collecting money. Uh, not very successful, but we uh, we definitely got we definitely got um, got a lot done. But I'm upset that we didn't get every game in. There were still some teams that didn't get to play their first game. Um, we'll quickly talk about the games. I'm going to have to obviously do most of the talking considering Tommy left 10 minutes in. No, no slight because that was not the weather for watching football. Um, yeah, I guess that really kind of that's a nice little intro. I guess we'll just start now. Um, first game of the day, I'll start with my game. Um, it was Minnesota versus Cincinnati. And right from the get-go, it was you couldn't pull flags because it was sopping rain outside. Rich Ritter runs for a touchdown, second play of the game for us. Then IB gets the ball, runs for a touchdown. And then the bad snaps. I have a bunch of snaps rolled to me uh, through a pick six on the goal line. Great play by Joe Stulak. Um, like the opposite, like uh, right at, like from the 50. Like he caught a screen and took it the other way. Gotcha. Yeah, it was crazy. Um we they had a defense they had two they had three defense touchdowns in this game. Cincinnati wow. did two on pick one on pick six on that one, another pick six that ended the game, and a fumble recovery on a snap that went rolled past me. Um just a really sloppy day. I'm not taking anything from it. I'm not going to this is just a disclaimer for everyone. I'm not going to take last week into consideration when evaluating any team going forward. Yeah, the so. the conditions were absolutely horrible and it, you really can't take anything from that game. Um except that Cincinnati was able to capitalize on our mistakes and they made a lot of plays. Joe Stuick also had a great touchdown when they were up four late in the game um to kind of put the game away. And yeah, they kind of they they led most of the way. They had the three defensive touchdowns I talked about. My team, I thought, moved the ball pretty well defensively. I thought we did decent job flag pulling in the second half. Communication was very good in the back. We played good defense. IB just made enough plays to win. IB only threw the ball eight times in this game. They ran uh, most of their plays out of option. Um, IB run, IB handoff. So I was about to ask you who was his uh, number one. Um, Delon had the most targets, but like I said, he only threw the ball eight times. Right, so right. it's really tough to see how they're going to work their offense this year. But they have a lot of ways they can win games. That team is really good defensively, especially in the front four. Um, and I do feel that in a 
a uh, different weather game. I just feel like it would have been a lot more crisp of a game by both sides, obviously. And I just feel like we would have seen probably less turnovers. But still, sacks were at a high. I feel like offensive lines early in the season have to figure out how they're going to work, who's going to play what position. So um, I'm not worried about my team. I know IB was happy to get that first win and get out of there, especially in that weather. Um, he's not someone that likes to play in the rain normally. Uh, he improves to 3-3 three and three at quarterback all time against me. Okay. So we're 500 when he's quarterback. And he's I'm got the last two, the most important. Yeah, he's got the last two. They're definitely the most important, especially the the the, sec- the first one or the last two. Um, I got nothing else to say on this game. Uh, I will read the stats now that I have on my phone, actually. Um, I was 8 of 13, 92 yards, one touchdown, three picks. Um, six carries, 98 yards, two touchdowns, had three sacks. Uh, Rich Ritter, four catches, 59 yards, and a touchdown. Mike had four catches for 33 yards. Uh, Roman had a sack, two tackles, and a pass breakup. Also two catches. Morick had three tackles, a sack, and one conversion, as well as a fumble recovery. George had a tackle. Caleb had a tackle. And Justin Suarez, two tackles. For the Cincinnati Bearcats, IB, 6-8, 62 yards, two touchdowns. Had 69 rushing yards and a touchdown as well. CJ had a 10-yard rush and a conversion. DeLon had three catches, 24 yards, and a touchdown. Also had a defensive touchdown. Stuak had the pick six, two catches, 33 yards, and a touchdown. Marola, three sacks. A-Rod, three tackles. Uh, Giuseppe, three rushes. And Malik, new player to lead, two interceptions, one being a pick six. Nice. Good start for Malik. Um, Next game, I'm sorry, not Emily, that's Jalen. I apologize. The uh, Galante. Galante versus Surov. Yeah, what'd you see in this game? Tell me what you saw before you left 10 minutes in. <laughs> walked in, so Surov scored a touchdown, and I walked out. All right. <laughs> Um, honestly, this was a very exciting game. Very electric game. Tommy Galante was running all over. Surov was hitting deep passes down the field to Liam. Liam looked absolutely electric with the ball in his hands in this game. Um, Liam, I think, average touch on the day. He had three total touches, and he had 112 total yards. Ooh. Yeah, so that's, Surov's team, right? That, yeah, that's 40, that's about, it's almost 40 yards uh, a touch. So, uh... Yeah, Liam was an absolute monster in this game. I thought Tommy Galante played very well in this game outside of the one interception he threw early, but the interception did cost them because it was a pick six. Um, uh, that I did see. I yeah, did see that. you did see the pick six. It was an underthrown deep ball. Uh, I think he kind of got pushed into by one of his linemen as he threw it. I think Suroff was... Under duress. Uh, yeah, yeah under duress. Yeah, Suroff, I think, threw Ballow kind of into Tommy Galante. Um, and just got intercepted, and Dario, new player to the league rookie, made a nice play. Someone I highlighted as a potential rookie of the year in our draft recap because he came up to me and, and, and said he appreciated the praise. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I assumed he's going to be a good player, and I was at least right in week one. Um, Galante, like I said, though, he was electric. He ran for 115 yards and three touchdowns. Like I said, man, the theme of the day was flag pulling was very bad. What I will say is that someone in this game was very good at flag pulling. That was Liam. Liam had seven tackles in this Ooh. game as well. Liam preseason MVP. Liam is a guy that is just an absolute demon on both sides of the football, and will make plays for you. He gets when, better every year. Yeah, he gets better every season, um, and I'm not sure how much better he can get, but he's a monster. Oh. And and Liam also about Liam is that it doesn't matter if it's raining because he doesn't wear gloves anyway. So Incredible. He he uh, he does his dirty work, uh, and he makes the plays. He does what needed to to win, and. Uh, he was a monster in this one. Thought Sobs played really well too. Suroff also really p- good protecting the ball, not making any bad throws that could be intercepted outside. I think there was just one that maybe he threw that could have been intercepted. But overall, I thought Suroff played a good game. So how many times did he target uh, Liam? Liam only four needs to go up, obviously. Yeah. But I think that was also conditions of the day, just trying to throw screens, get everyone kind of get everyone involved. Right. Week one, I'm 
not mad about it right now. You came out with a win. And also, Liam touched the ball three times and did something crazy each time. So, Listen, I, I love to see Tommy starting the season at quarterback. I love to see Surhoff starting the season at quarterback. These guys are, you know, yeah, they're anchors in this league. 100%. And uh, we didn't even get to talk about Tommy's new number one target, Malik Presley. Okay. Did seven catches, 102 yards, and a Ooh. touchdown. Yeah, so what I will say is that I think of anybody on the day, he had the surest hands of all the film that I watched. He, I think he only dropped one ball, and it was a crazy nah. one in the back of the end zone that he definitely could have made. Where, where do we find him? Uh, he definitely played at Fairleigh Dickinson with okay. Tommy. All right. Um, but I think he's also Tommy friends with Dennis. Take weapons in his pocket. He took okay. him in the took him in the third round. Took him in the third All round. Right. So it wasn't like he uh, he waited on him. But what I will say is that this kid immediately made a statement early in the game, catching the ball, making moves, being very he's very agile, very uh, jump cut. Uh, he's gonna be a really good player. He's we had, no, also we had no press releases on him. We couldn't know uh, no. exactly what kind of play he was, no, but Tommy knew. All right, good job, Tommy. Yep. Uh, so he's guy's number one guy there. I think Malik's gonna have a really big season. Definitely another rookie of the year candidate for sure. Um, but there, this was this was a game that uh, featured a lot of on Suroff side, a lot of big play touchdowns, and on Tommy's side, a lot of methodical down the field uh, making plays with his feet as That's well. What you got to do in the rain. Yep. Uh, Crazy game, I believe. Uh, Suroff won final score. I think he won by six. I think it was 35-30 or 35-31, something I, like I, that. I heard. Tell me it's not true. Did, did Ballo drop Dropped the, the game when he touched on last play of the game. Ballo! Yes. And, listen, I'm not going to say anything because the Ballo. ball— Ballo! Listen, the ball was thrown right to him. He's got to make the play. He's got to make oh. the play. He was open, came off the line perfectly, trailed Tommy in, on the play just like a lineman's supposed to do. Just wasn't able to come up with the catch. And no, it was bad. It was bad. It wasn't oh, bad. I'm very disappointed. Yes, I was also. All right, let's go through the stats. Tommy, 13 of 23 for 161. One touchdown, one pick. Ran for 115 and three touchdowns. Uh, Dane Lupton, welcome back. Two catches, 12 yards, and a pass breakup. Malik had seven catches, 102 yards, and a touchdown, and two pass breakups defensively. Um, Giants Marco, welcome back to the league. Two catches, 32 yards. Um, Matt Ballow, one catch, 10 yards. Joey Venti caught a conversion as well as had a pass breakup for the West Virginia Mountaineers. And for the Pitt Panthers, Suroff, 8 of 18, 167 yards, three touchdowns. Also had 12 rushing yards and a touchdown on the ground. Liam, we talked about a bunch, had two catches, 82 yards, two touchdowns. Also had a 30-yard rush and seven tackles. Um, I'm very upset. I'm very upset. Yep. Um, take it. Can't, um, can't, spell, can't spell bulls on the ground without Ballow. Jesus Christ. Uh, Sobes, two catches, 53 yards, and a touchdown. Also had a pass breakup and an interception. Uh, Matt DePhillips had a catch for five yards. Uh, Darryl Young had a pick six as well. Use Matt, he's a weapon. Yep, Darryl Young had a pick six as well as three catches for 27 yards. Dins had three tackles, and uh, Regis Savage had two tackles. All right. My boy Dins. Next game on the day was, we'll talk about Baylor versus Baylor versus Georgia. This is Augie versus Leota. Um, very exciting game. Lots of controversy. Your typical bear down game. Um, no, they, uh, I thought Leota, Leota was very good with his feet early on. And like I said, early in the game, these teams could not pull flags. Justin ace both missed flag grabs on a Leota 45-yard touchdown run. Wow. Um, and I'm talking like three, four missed flag grabs by the entire team. Everyone was missing the flags. Um, Baylor had a slow start. I think was down two scores early, but just kind of stayed composed, stayed within. Augie quarterback. Augie quarterbacking. Okay. Yep, Justin getting his targets for sure. Um, but this game was just – it was just – listen, the day was just won by quarterbacks running on the ground and making plays and little passes that turned into big runs based on no flag grabbing. Including the game winner. Including – yeah, including uh, the game – no, in this game? Yeah, to uh, – 
To Nick, Nick Sedano, right? No, it wasn't Sorry. a game winner. The game, it went to, the game went to overtime, actually. Okay. And in overtime, we just, for the regular season, we do one-point conversion. And then if you don't get it, you go for two. Um, well, they they went for one. Juliota uh, threw a out to Vin Orlando. Rob Akani got a little piece of it, incomplete. And then on the ensuing one-point possession from Baylor, Augie draws back to throw, pump fakes, all three defenders jump over him, and he just runs, walks right in for a touch, uh, wow. the conversion for the win. It was a hard-fought game from both sides. I like what I saw from both teams. I think that, I'm going to say this a lot, but I think uh, in right conditions, you would have seen a much different game from both teams. I think you would have seen a lot more Justin involved. You would have seen... Um, a lot more Leota slinging the ball around. Paul Carter really wasn't that involved in this game because it was a lot of running offense. Um, I like both teams, though. I think Georgia is going to be really good, especially on the on the offensive line in the trenches, and they have good receivers. Talk, talk to me about the trenches. How was it? Um, Malo- it was Malozzi. Malozzi had a, a verbal was, uh, uh, a sparring. Uh, it was Malozzi, Rhett, and then a combination of Paul Malozzi Carter. Malozzi was getting into it with uh, Sedano uh, during the week. Yeah, no, no, yeah, 100%. Uh, I think Sedano definitely had a good game getting pressure, but he couldn't, he just couldn't grab flags. He's not always the best flag guard, but he usually gets back there enough times to get a sack or two or three because he's just, he's so athletic on the defensive line. Um, it was tough to sack these quarterbacks. I mean, Georgia had two, Red had one, Malozzi had one, and Baylor had none, but Baylor had constant pressure on Leota all day, I thought. Um, big name to look out for, I think, is Jimmy Flott. F-L-O-T. He's a receiver for the Georgia team. He okay. caught a big catch early in the game, and I think he's going to be a guy that Leota's going to hook up with a bunch and this where season. where do we find him? Uh, I don't know. I just signed up. A stash player or Sta- just a guy who signed up and signed up in the guy. turns out to be a stud? Yeah, maybe Malozzi knew him, but I know Joe Leota didn't know him going into game one, um, I believe at least. Um yeah, I think he could be a big player in this league. I think he's going to make plays all season long. He had a big 37-yard catch um, early in the game that set up one of Joe, the second Joe Leota rushing touchdown. Um, I guess if I had to give uh, like weaknesses, I guess. I don't know. I just want to see. I need to see better. I don't even know. Honestly, I like both these teams. I think they both play pretty well. I think on the, What was the final in this game? 21-20. 20 and overtime. Yeah, 20 and 20 overtime. Honestly, I like both these teams. I think that when we're seeing them this weekend in good conditions and regular weather, I think both these offenses are going to be moving the football. Uh, Justin had some uncharacteristic drops, but the rain was just crazy in this game. Um, Paul Carter had a drop also. Like they're just, it, it, it wasn't an easy game to be. It wasn't an easy day to be a receiver and to be a quarterback. You had to be patient with your receivers in this game. Uh, Leota outrushes Augie. I think that was a, a that was that was a crazy a crazy uh, bet you could have hit that would hit for a lot of a big payout. Um, but overall, uh, this game was highly high highly contested, very competitive, and I hope that a lot of games get as exciting as this one was because I thought this one was a good game to watch. Excellent. All right, Baylor eight of fourteen for Augie, one hundred seven yards, two touchdowns, fifty six rushing yards. Justin four catches, forty seven yards, and had a pick six to get uh, Baylor's offense uh, Baylor's scoring going. Sedano had a 35-yard touchdown uh, catch. Uh, Ace had two tackles. Rob L had two catches, 20 yards, and a touchdown, and two pass breakups. Chris Hunter had a catch for five yards. And Claude Blagogi, new member to the league, played on defensive line, intercepted Leota. He's a very good offensive lineman. I think he's going to be a name that you're going to be talking about on the trenches once you see him play. Uh, 18 years old. I got to get around. Years old. Oh, oh, that's the youngster. Okay. Yeah, no, he can play, though. He can all play. Right. I got to get around and start interviewing And then uh, Leota, 4 of 12, 82 yards, one touchdown, one pick, 83 rushing yards, two touchdowns. 
Paul Carter had a catch for 12 yards. Rhett had a sack. Malozzi had a sack. Vin Orlando had a catch for 13 yards. Flott had a catch for 37 yards. Alex Hines, welcome back, had a catch for 20 yards, which resulted in a touchdown. On a beautiful fade throw by uh, Leota, nice catch by Alex. Uh, and then Brandon Allende, new member to the league, had a pass breakup and a safety. Oh, I'd like to hear all these new names. Yep. All right. Uh, other 10 o'clock game was, this was the blowout of the weekend. Uh, Florida, led by Buddy and Dennis Sutton, playing with just seven guys, lose 46-12 to to a Mikey-less Hawaii team that had Hogreef playing quarterback and also only had seven guys. Um, this game was played six on six for a while. Then they changed to seven on seven once each of their sevens arrived. Um, in six on six, in this, it's very hard to uh, cover a lot of. There's a lot more ground to cover when it's six on six and not seven on seven because right. there's two less people on the field. And especially with the conditions of not players not moving as fast, um, flag pulling being harder, you were going to see a lot of big plays in this game. And that is literally exactly what happened. There were big plays on both sides all game long. Um, Florida is mostly in the second half. Hawaii's all game. Bar- Ryan Bartlett had three touchdowns. Mm. One catching, one rushing, one throwing. Wow. Dean Wiatrowski had a touchdown. Matt Spo had two touchdowns. I just, call him, I just called him Matt Spo. I'll never call him Matt Spo again. S. Spo had two touchdowns. <laughs> um, he was a monster. Rags had two sacks and a defense touchdown Rags. as well. Um, this was just an all-around great game by Hawaii. Hogreef threw for 117 and two touchdowns. Also had 96 rushing yards and a touchdown. They were just much ready, more ready to play than this Florida team was. Um, I'm not taking anything on this Florida team. Dennis Sutton played quarterback for them. He's playing quarterback for them this season. But And I'm not going to say anything about this first start because it was played in time. Nah, you got to give it a pass. For yeah, really I'm going to give him a few games before I really give him a fair, honest opinion of what. It seems like he can throw the ball a little bit. Um, Can't I, tell in the rain. No, definitely. I, I couldn't tell in the rain. Uh, we, know, we know he's a running back. I oh, mean, he's uh, a really good running with the football. <laughs> so I know that he's going to be able to make plays with his feet and move the chains that way. Um, just hopefully with their full team there this week, I'm assuming. And um, not hurricane-like conditions. I expect a much better Florida team. And I also expect them to be much more like energy-wise. They'll be up and making plays just because... The weather usually can dampen energy for most teams. This Hawaii team had a lot of energy, though. Amir, welcome back to the league. Welcome back, Amir. Um, he was a vocal leader as soon as he showed up to the game. Love Amir. Um, but, you know, when you guys have guys like Spo and Rags, uh, Mahmood, welcome back. Dean, guys that are going to bring the energy every week. You, know, it, it was just I, a, that's that's a good team. Yeah, uphill battle. Listen, uphill battle for Florida. You know, in this Mike, one. Mike doesn't show up, and you got Hoagie stepping in and you know doing his thing. Yep, Hoagie like played said, very well. I, and listen, I, I know you wanted to take a, a season off and, and you know play receiver, little DB. Yeah, I still think he's a hell of a quarterback. I, I think he was improving He'll every be back season in this that he spring. played. Yeah, looking forward to that. But this is a really good roster, and this is going to be a team that you know is going to be at the end. They're going to be a team that grinds out games, <laughs> makes you really earn all your yards when they're on defense and when you're on offense. And when they're on offense, they're going to grind out yards again too. They're going to use their offensive line to push the line of scrimmage. Mikey has figured out how to win in this league. When they and get their leader back, then it's yeah, just, it's going to be dangerous, and um, I'm excited to see it. Yeah. Uh, I basically gave the Hawaii stats. Spo had four catches, 73 yards. Rags had two sacks and a defense touchdown. Rags Dean had two beast. catches, 26 yards and a touchdown. Also had a pass breakup. Bartlett had three catches, 50 yards and a touchdown. Also had a 45-yard rushing touchdown. And threw a 21-yard touchdown. Amir had a catch for five yards. And Mahmoud had a pass breakup and two tackles. Uh, these stats, yeah, it's just not great. Buddy had two rushes for 45 yards and two touchdowns. Had two catches for 30 yards. 
also had a sack. Chris Wallen had a catch. Uh, Dennis Sutton had 50, uh, 61 yards rushing and three tackles defensively. Uh, all right, last game of the day was we played one 11 o'clock game because they started before I decided to call off the other games of the day. It was Oregon led by Trevor Garland against UNC, who's led by Paul Coco, but because of the the high school football schedule getting pushed to Sunday, he was unable to make it. So this was a combination of Jesus Christ um, to Nick Douglas start and then a um, Steve Bowen finish. And I'm not going to lie, before I talk about the game, I just want to say, Steve Bowen was not bad at quarterback. Really? Like, he, the throws were ugly because of the rain. But, like, he stepped up in the pocket well, I thought. They didn't rush a lot of guys a lot against him because they felt like if they just made him throw, it would be better for them, which was probably the smart idea. But, like, against a two-man rush, he was able to step up in the pocket, and he was keeping his eyes downfield. I think I told him at halftime, I said, yo, you just need to run the football. Like, just run. Like, go. Get something in the pocket and go. So I'm not going to say I want to play quarterback or anything, but – he played well, and at the end of the game, they had a chance in the final two minutes to win, tie the game. So I gotta give it, I gotta give it up to him for that. His first time playing quarterback in those conditions. But what I will say about this is that I like the way Trevor Garland started his season. A team with just one of his friends, just Alex Kalka. Okay. He led this team. He was energetic. He had a lot of energy. He was talking. He was playing defense. He was. It, it, it looked good. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not right, listen, right. we've jumped. We've jumped the gun on Trevor Garland teams a couple times in this league, so I'm gonna let it play out and see it in a in a much better setting. But and of course, he played a team who didn't have their starting quarterback, but he took care of business. He had them up two. He had them up That's two all you scores. Do. He had them two scores with three or four minutes to play. So it wasn't like this game was a grinded out game for Oregon. They took the lead early and kind of wa- and stuck out with the lead until the very end of the game. Um, I thought Oregon's defense for as well for. As many points as UNC squared, I thought Oregon had pretty good defense. I think next week when we're back in regular conditions, when they have a lineup of Damien, Zach Bilheimer, and Alice Conker playing D-line, that can be very dangerous for teams to have to handle. Um, but I give a lot of credit to UNC. Without their quarterback, and they did a bunch of two guys playing quarterback, um, they moved the ball, they scored points, and their defense just needs to get a little bit better, I guess. That would be my only thing. But flag pulling was tough in this game, and... Uh, it just wasn't easy. I'm not, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy in this game. Final score was 35-28. Oh, no, actually, I'm sorry, 40-41, I believe. 41-28 because the last play of the game was a Jeff Graham pick six um, on a two-minute drive in which Bowen would have had a chance to tie it, only down seven. Um, Trevor really spread the ball out in this game. Everyone had at least two catches. Welcome back to the league, Paul Ferrali. Two oh. catches, 14 yards, and a touchdown. Welcome only, back, Paul. Yeah, it was late to the game. Thought he was playing a doubleheader. Only ended up playing <laughs> one, so he showed up at halftime. Uh, caught a touchdown on his first play, I think, that he was in. Nice. Um, and other than that, Garland, I thought, did a really good job. He ran for two touchdowns. He threw for two touchdowns. They had a pick six on the day. And uh, they he did a really good job moving this offense. So I was happy to see it from the Oregon team. I'm excited to see them in pink jerseys next week. <laughs> <laughs> Should be right. interesting, to say the least. Keep it, keep it rolling. Yep. Uh, Trevor threw for 94 yards, had 35 yards rushing. Um Alex Kalk had two catches for 30 yards. Zach Bilheimer, welcome back. Two catches, 17 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Santiago had a catch. Jiggy had a couple catches. DeJour had a, um, a pass breakup. And Jeff Graham, two interceptions, one being that pick six. Uh, for UNC, um, this is a team that I'm not worried about at all because Coco's going to be the quarterback, and they have guys like Douglas, 
Bowen, Aaron Ford, I like I like Griff Lutz, Will Meany. They have this kid Khalil, I think his name is, Khalil Moore. He is gonna be a, a, a difference maker on the defensive line, I really? think. Yeah, if I have the wrong name, I'm really sorry, but I believe his name is Khalil Moore. He he was very physical in the on the in the trenches. Um he was making plays, he was getting to the quarterback, but Garland was just able to kinda you know, Garland gets rid of the ball fast, makes play uh, yeah. lets his receivers do the work for him. But I think this kid's gonna be really good. I'm excited to see him play. I'm not gonna see him this week because I'm not gonna be there. But um, when I see the film, I'm going to be very excited to hopefully see. Are you going to play this week? I have my cousin's wedding. Wait, so someone else is playing? No, my my team. team no, my playing? team has my team has five guys out this week, so All we're right. just not playing. Gotcha. I, this was this was planned before the season for us to have this this second week by. Um, more so just because of attendance. Um, but anyway, yeah. I think this team's going to be fine. They didn't have their quarterback, so playing with Steve Bowen, first-time quarterback in those conditions, is not going to be easy. Bowen, 5 of 13, 87 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Had nine rush, nine rushes for 77 yards and a touchdown. Douglas had a catch. Um, Aaron Ford had a pass breakup. Griff Lutz caught a touchdown. Will Meany caught a touchdown. Cleo Moore had a catch for 17 yards. And Jabari had a sack, a pass breakup, and three tackles. Another new player to the league who I know has a lot of flag football experience. All right, that does it for the recap. Let's do a quick preview of this week's games. Um, so for week two, we are we are at Sayreville High School the entire season. Um, we will be there every week starting at 9 o'clock, hopefully ending around 1, 1.30 each week. Um, all right, let's get right to it. First game of the day, Baylor led by Augie and Justin against Mike Gargano, Hawaii Ooh, team. That's this a is, great game. I think there's going to be full teams there for both. Um, this Which is I was there to see. Yeah, this is going to be in – you're not going to be there this weekend either? I'll be in AC. be in AC. Nice, love it. So no me, no Tommy. This podcast is going to be interesting next week. <laughs> um, Baylor versus Hawaii. This is going to be a very good game. You know there's going to be a lot of shit talking in this game between Justin, Augie, Mikey, uh, Sedano. There's going to be a lot of energy, high energy for a nine o'clock game. If you're gonna, if you want to come see a good game and the weather is not going to be t- terribly cold in the morning, come pop out for the nine o'clock game, especially if you catch the second half of this one. Um, I'm going to start with my pick. I'm taking Hawaii. Like you mentioned on their recap, they are a very, very well constructed team, and I like this team to play Mikey's style of play. Defense is going to be good. I think they're going to have a, uh, they're going to have um, a good time defensively just trying to stop Justin and keep Augie and Sedano in check but um, I'm going to have to see more more of Augie at quarterback successful before I uh, make them a pick each week even with Justin on the team so I'm going to go with Hawaii and this is a guy who's been playing quarterback for a long time now yeah you kind of stole my thunder I like, I like Hawaii in this all right, game all right. so. wow Justin what was the last time we both picked against Justin in the game probably if I was playing probably him, never me. but here's the thing like I said I wanted to pick Hawaii <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I can't. I don't know if I could survive a week of uh, Augie texting me telling me how much uh, I dissed him. So <laughs> I'm, I don't want to put up with that. So I might have to pick his team this week. But I, I, I do think that uh, Hawaii's got a hell of a roster. Yeah. Uh, and I, it'd be tough to pick against them again. Uh, I mean, damn, this is a tough game. Yeah, he's taking. <laughs> you can take Hawaii. Yeah, I'm taking Hawaii. Yeah, I could be too good. And Mikey's coming back, so. Yeah, Mikey's excited to play. He missed last week due to a uh, Salem trip with his girlfriend. So yeah, I know. You know what? It, it might have been. I don't think I've ever. I don't know if I picked against Justin before. Yeah, probably not. I mean, if he was playing me, maybe. 
probably not. <laughs> probably not. But regardless, I'm picking Hawaii. You're picking Hawaii. I, I know for the last two seasons for a fact that I, I Justin and Augie so. are not going to be happy. Um, no, no, they're going to be pissed. They're going to be pissed. All right, so you got something to prove. Go out and yeah, prove, go it's wrong. prove it. Augie talk your shit all that, week. Justin has not lost a regular season game in 21 regular season games. Can he make it 22? We're, oh, picking, right. we're both picking Ooh. against him. So um, we're taking Hawaii. All right, next game of the day, you have Cincinnati led by IB. Coming off a big win against Minnesota in week one against the West Virginia Tommy Galante led squad, who I know an absolute an absolutely crazy nine o'clock slate. Um, four teams that I'm expecting to be very high in the standings throughout the season. You can say what you want. Everyone was winning this game. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, I'll give a couple a couple of notes. Um, no Delon in this game, I believe, Ooh. for the Cincinnati team. So it's going to be a lot of Matt Marola on the defensive line trying to make plays. Um, IB, I'm not sure if he's ever lost to Tommy. That's the thing. Uh, you want to talk about Kryptonite? You want to talk about Kryptonite? This is definitely one of them. Tommy uh, definitely got something to prove this week. I hope he has a full squad. I hope outside of DeLon being out, I hope IB has a full squad as well. Um, it's hard to pick against IB right now. He's won five straight games now, or six straight games now, since dating back to last season in the playoffs. Don't think he's ever lost to Tommy Glante in Bear Down, so I'm going to take Cincinnati Bearcats to win. But I think it's going to be a much closer IB Tommy Glante game than we normally say. Uh, close doesn't count. Correct. Uh, IB wins. All right, Tommy with the, the quick pick uh, in picking Cincinnati. I do agree. I think that is the correct pick. I would have Cincinnati favored in this game as well. Um, I like what I saw out of Cincinnati. West Virginia, though, um, they're going to have an electric offense when their team is there. So if IB's defense in the secondary isn't able to keep up, it could be a, a, a high-scoring affair. All right, next game we have the Pitt Panthers led by the one and zero Pitt Panthers led by Nick Suroff and Liam Knowles against a team who did not play last week in the Remy Funderburk led USF team. Um, I think Pitt looked good in Week One. I think that um, they moved the ball very well and they hit big plays when they needed to. Uh, they have one of the most dynamic players in the league in Liam and USF. I don't know who your athletes are, but you're going to have to have an athlete that can match Liam and Sobes on the outside. Um, if you're able to do that, you're going to give yourself a chance. If I'm giving any help to USF, my help would be to uh, pressure Suroff, send different elaborate blitzes at him, and don't play the same defense a couple times in a row because he is someone that will catch on and make adjustments and he'll be able to make plays. So um, I'm picking Pitt Panthers in this game. It's hard for me to pick a team where I haven't seen eight of the ten players play or seven of the ten players play. But what I will say is that they're going to be very good on the offensive line. So whoever is playing quarterback for them is going to have time to throw because he has Jarwar and Mike Kalka as two of his three linemen. Wow. Yeah. And uh, Soros team is who? Which team again? Pitt Panthers. Yeah, I'm going with them. Okay. Tommy takes Pitt Panthers. Hard, like I said, hard to pick a team that I have not seen play. I'm hoping that I'm. Yeah. I hoping. I'm hoping we, that I listen. We have a well rested Sir Hoff. He didn't play last season. Yeah. Play quarterback, and plus he didn't play the last couple of weeks of last season. Yeah. So comes in. He's got. He's got weapons. He's got players with him. Uh, he he picks some vets for his team. I you know I love the fact that he stuck to his guys and he knew uh, who the ace target he had to get and Liam. Uh, I mean, last time he had Justin. They, that team went undefeated with the A and M team. That's the last season he played quarterback. Yep. I, I think he could repeat. He could repeat that with Liam. I Ooh. think Liam's that type of player. I'm uh, I'm digging I'm digging Pitt in this game. Uh, yeah, I think Pitt is definitely the favorite in this game. But listen, I hope that when I I hope I get a call when I'm at the wedding saying, "Yo, USF was amazing." They beat. Yeah, they, I hope they, so too. Yeah, listen, I hope these I hope these dudes that are new to the league come out having fun, enjoy themselves, and hopefully get a win as well for themselves. But I'm taking Pitt in this game. 
other 10 o'clock game, we will see a Florida team that I'm expecting a much better effort out of in week two against a UNC team. So two 0-1 teams playing against each other. UNC Coco. gets Paul Coco back. Um, what uh, Florida is hopefully getting their full team there this week and getting better weather conditions. Um, well, I'm expecting... The weather a, we have is plenty of sunshine, plenty 64 of sunshine. degrees. Look at that. That's great football weather. Maybe a little colder early in the morning, but should be good for the day. Um, in this game, I'm looking for a couple of things. Florida to sustain offensive drives. Um, good play calling. Get your guys the ball in space and let them make plays for you. Dennis, don't try to do too much at quarterback. Just make your plays. Make your reads. One read. Maybe you want to be a running quarterback early. Show your arm off later. Um, my, my, that's what I would hope. I would say take what the defense gives you and just uh, make sure you're moving the ball offensively and not just going three and out multiple drives in a row. If you're UNC, you have a lot of veteran players on this team, a lot of guys that have had a lot of success in this league before, and Coco, who stepped into the league last year and had immediate success. You need to come out and make sure you win this game. Um, this is a game that you're going to need coming into the playoffs. Uh, this is probably going to be two teams that are fighting for playoff berths towards the end of the season. So any win early in the season or late in the season um, is very important, especially against teams you could be fighting for a playoff spot with. Um, if you're Florida, just come out and make sure you're sustaining drives and make sure you're really focusing on pulling flags because flag pulling is the most important thing in this league. Uh, hard for me to take a team that I haven't seen half the players play. I'm taking the UNC Tar Heels. Yeah, I'm with you too. Um, I'm a Coco fan. I haven't seen much of the other team. And again, if I'm not picking you, it's only because I just don't know you. Uh, I want you to come out there. I want you to kick ass. I want you to have me talking about you next week. But uh, like I said, until I see it, I'm going to go with what I know, so I'll go with Coco. Listen, X-Factor. Oh, block kick. X-Factor for Florida's got to be Buddy. Buddy is one of the most experienced players on his team, as well as Harnish and Giroux. And they have to be the three guys that, at least earlier, stepping up and making plays for this Florida team. Buddy had two touchdowns last week. Could have had more. Um, I think they had one call back for, from a penalty. Um but overall, if Florida wants to win, Buddy, Dennis, and the guys that have been on this team before, like Giroux and Harnish, need to really step up their games and play at a high level. Yeah. All right, 11 o'clock game. We already talked about Pitt. They'll play the second game of their doubleheader against Oregon, Trevor Garland. Ooh. Garland versus Suroff. Good day. Um, tough day for Suroff. Gets uh, Trevor and uh, and USF. So uh, definitely two, two winnable games. Also two games that if you don't come out there and play well, you could lose. Um, I like what I saw out of this Oregon team who only had six guys or seven guys there last week. Um, they get alignment. They get one of their linemen back. They get a couple more receivers, hopefully back this week. Um, in this game, I'm excited to see how much does, how much uh, energy does Pitt have to use in that first win against USF, how much will they have left for the second game against Oregon. You know, um, a lot of these guys on Pitt have played in the doubleheaders before, so I'm not expecting them to have a lackluster performance but a team like Garland if you're Garland and you're Oregon in this game you need to jump on pit early and stay ahead make them play from behind make Suroff have to think more make and like I said in the other preview send blitzes and make him really think um and if you're pit in this game I'm doing the exact same thing to Garland. You can't show him the same defense. If Garland sees the same same cover three, cover two each time, he's going to take those little dink and dunks and let his receivers like Paul, Zach Belheimer, Damian, guys that are good with the ball in their hands, make plays. Um, I think I'm going to take Oregon in this game. Sarov's going to hate that. Um, I'm going to take Oregon in this game in the hot pink jerseys. Um, I think Trevor's got a little moxie going about him right now. Um, and he has a good offensive line, I think, to protect him. So I'm going to take... Oregon in this one. No, I'm going Pitt. Okay. Uh, you like Pitt. You like Pitt. You like the Pitt team. I do like the Pitt team, and, and another reason. I remember last year when they faced off. Uh, there was a lot of talk in the chat. There was for sure. And you know, uh, 
I remember during that game, uh, there's just there's a lot of shit talking. A lot, on. a lot of shit talking, but they just made uh, Trevor pay for what he had said during the week. Correct. And you know, you got still got some of the players that played in that 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 game playing in this game. Correct. I, I think Dins knows how to play uh, defense against Trevor very well. I think uh, Sarver can rush to pass. I don't care who's blocking on the other side. Uh, I, I and I think that Liam. <laughs> One of the best two-way players in the league. He's gonna do his uh, his part on both ends. Uh, I like I like Pitt. Nice. Go I think. Uh, listen. I think. I think. Uh, I think Pitt definitely has potential to go two and zero on this day. I think they definitely could be beat Oregon in this one. But I'm gonna roll. Did have a big game yeah. against them last get, last time they played. He did. Um, I'm gonna take Oregon. Close one. Sarov plays in a lot of close games, so I'm not expecting anything different here. All right. Next game of the day, eleven o'clock. We see Georgia. Led by Joe Liotta against USF in their second Georgia. game of the day. So USF first first time they're playing, they're getting a doubleheader. Um, could be listen. They have some veterans on the a couple of veterans on the team, but just a lot of new guys. I hope they're guys that played flag football before. Hope they have some type of experience because a doubleheader after getting rained out week one, a doubleheader in week two isn't always the best thing for a new team. But what I will say is it gives you two opportunities to kind of figure figure yourself out in one week. And because I know sometimes for newer teams, it's you played one game, you got smoked, and you didn't even figure out how to get better before the game was over. At least now, I'm expecting them to play well against Pitt and. In the second game against Georgia, um, I would just say just keep improving, sustaining offensive drives, and if you if listen, if you see success and things that are working in game one, translate those over to week two. I'd say get there early, make sure you really talk about what you're trying to do in this game, and also maybe watch what works for other teams, watch film, and come early and watch the games before you. Uh, those are really just they're simple advice, but it, it could go a long way. I can't pick USF right now, so I'm taking Georgia. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of uh, the Cousins. Leota and Melozzi. I like Leota this season. <laughs> big, big fans of both of them. I, I love them. They're great players. They're, they're great people. They're characters. You know, I love laughing with them. Love watching them play. Uh, I, I, I think, like I said, don't, uh, with the unknown, I don't know. Oh my god! With the other team, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna roll with. Uh, Ooh, what team? What's oh, that? you're on Georgia. You're on Georgia. Georgia. I'm rolling yeah, with Georgia. Yeah, yeah. Guy talked. Guy talked about the cousins yeah, for three yeah. minutes. Um, <laughs> no, listen. I think love. what I'll say about this Georgia team is I think they have a lot more toughness than than Leota's past Vanderbilt team from the previous from last spring. Um, I think this team is going to fight hard for Leota, and I think Leota is really out there to prove that he can definitely be a quarterback in this league. I think he didn't like what people were saying about his team going one and nine in the spring or well, that two, wasn't and, his two and eight. That yeah, no, of course not. But when you're the quarterback of the team and Leota knows this, you take that on your shoulders. So I think Leota is definitely very rejuvenated. I think you knew he had plays on the team. You got Vin Orlando back. He's you know an, again another I'm just good two-way player. I'm telling you how Leota feels. I know how he feels about this. I, right I don't now. think anyone said. Yeah, listen, I always thought he was a gunslinger. You know, I, you know, I'm telling you what he thinks. He, he, play, he plays fearless, and that's the way he's supposed to play. He, he's he got something to prove. He's got something to prove. I know he does, if not to himself, to everybody else. And I think even after a week one loss, in which I think he played very well and that he could have easily came out on top in that game, I think their team is very confident going into week two, and I think they pull off a nice win to get their day started. Yeah. Let me shout a little shout a message to all the new quarterbacks in this league. You want to play... You want to play at a high level, play fearless. Correct. Watch, watch a game. Watch Joliota uh, sling the ball. The man has no fear. Stays uh, what's in the called. pocket. Stays in the pocket to the very end. He'll take the hit. What doesn't matter. Play fearless and you'll win. Agreed, agreed, agreed. All right. 
we're both on Georgia. And the last game of the day, Georgia playing their second game of the day against LSU. LSU led by Matt Mascara, have Joe DeMeo, Swags, Keanu, Pete Mancini. Uh, you know what I'm going to say. I know you're going to. What are you going to say? And you, don't, you don't bet the purple jersey. They are the purple jersey. They do they look don't. so nice, though. They look so I'm sure nice. sure they do, but there's never been a purple winner in this Oh, game. drops <laughs> touchdown. You stink. Um... But what I will say, sorry if I if I just made someone if I just made someone jolt or drive off the side of the road because I screamed, but there was a drop touchdown in the Broncos game. Um, listen, I think the purple jerseys are for sure a curse in this league. What I will say is I do think that this is probably one of the best talented purple teams we have. We'll see about the quarterback and Matt Mascara, but I know he was there very early last week. He was very excited to play. Didn't get an opportunity to because we canceled the games. Um, I like this LSU team. I think that if they come reju- if they come with energy and they're ready to go and Mascara has a plan, they could catch a team like Georgia who's playing in the second game of back-to-back, sleeping. I'm going to go with the upset pick. I haven't taken a quarterback that I haven't seen play in a while. I'm going to take Matt Mascara and the LSU Tigers. You're taking one of your former LSU. I am. I'm taking, I'm, taking, I'm taking my Louisville, Louisville trophy boys. winner. Okay. I'm taking my Louisville boys. Okay. Um, the Again, I, I can't I can't bet the purple jersey. They let me down all the time when I, I do. Agree. So I'm gonna I'm going with Georgia again. All right, Tommy going with against the. It's gonna be a theme. I don't think Tommy's gonna be able to pick LSU until they they come out. They could start smoking no, 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 people. I was, I was, I'm gonna change my tune. Yeah, but. I was gonna make a joke. I was gonna make a joke. How you okay. would have picked them unless they were six and zero with a plus three hundred point, point yeah, differential. Well, that, no, that make a difference. Um, no, listen. I think that LSU is gonna be competitive in every game. I think Matt Mascara is gonna be just fine playing quarterback. Uh, I'm excited to see how this team shapes out. All right, that'll do it for the week two recap. I'm not doing power rankings. I'm not doing power rankings probably until after next week. I need to see how these teams play in regular conditions. Um, I need to see how my team plays in regular conditions. Um, I'm sad that I'm not going to be there. This is a rare time that you're going to have Bear Down with no Brandon Kurtzman in, uh, in attendance, but um, got to go be the best man at a wedding. So I'm going to take care of that, and uh, I'll be back in two weeks. You'll hear me on the airwaves with Tommy next Thursday night. Um, yeah. Peace, everybody.